Good evening and welcome to Spirit Radio. I am your host, Willie Hassel. Along with my co-host, Lynn Nickerson, we will take you on a journey, a journey into the unknown where the paranormal becomes the normal, a journey to a world cloaked in darkness where reality becomes a thin veil. So sit back, relax, and join us as we venture into the shadows, the darkness, the unknown, and back. And good evening and welcome once again to Spirit Radio, the Paranormal Experience. I am your host, Willie Hassel, your gatekeeper to the dark side and your guide to the realm of the unknown. And, you know, I haven't done the intro that way in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I completely forgot about that. But anyway, she is the lovely... She is the mystical, and she is the mysterious, Lynn Nickerson. Good evening. How are you? And she is vocally compromised and challenged. Vocally challenged. (laughs) That's okay. Well, aside from that, I'm doing pretty darn good, Willie. How about you? Hey, I'm I'm doing excellent, actually. Good, good. To tell you the honest truth, if if, if that's what you want, I guess. Yeah, I I wanted to hear that. All right. And by the way, I I got to mention, your glasses are a lovely fashion statement. It's a good thing we're not on camera today. I was just going to say, everybody's really missing those nice-looking glasses with a lovely green chain. I know it. I know it, especially the the ones (laughs) that uh, Sean Sean, uh, did for us. (laughs) Hey, did you know that uh, something like 500,000 miles... Not quite that many, is it? I thought it was 250. I believe it is 500,000. Well, our guests can confirm that. That's That's for sure. Our guests will confirm that. But that that was um, quite an astounding fact when I read that. A lot of stone walls. Enough to make one wall around the earth 20 times. Yeah, a few times anyway. So tonight on Spirit Radio, the Paranormal Experience, we welcome to the show Barbara DeLong. Barbara is a spiritual empath, an author, artist, Reiki master, and lecturer. And she is also an ordained spiritual minister. She served at a local spirit, spiritualist church as one of the rotating ministers from 2003 to 2008. Her paintings of personal mandalas for friends evolved into a circular oracle card deck called the Cosmic Deck of Initiation. Oh, neat. I didn't know about that. Uh, Yeah, Initiation, and it was published in 1991. Uh, In 2011, Barbara completed a project she was working on titled Secrets of the Stones, a video documentary which she wrote, narrated, and co-produced, a look into some of the stone chambers, stone circles, standing stones, and some thousands of miles of stone walls that line the New England countryside. She is also the host of her own podcast radio show called Nightlight, which features subjects such as spiritual philosophy and metaphysical studies. So, please, let's welcome to the show tonight, Barbara DeLong. Good evening, Barbara. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate you guys uh, having me on. Well, it's a pleasure, believe me, so thank you for coming on. We appreciate you uh, joining us. So I had no idea you were into so much. Do you ever sleep? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, um, I have found that, that, you know, it's very exciting to do all of the things, the different things that I do, so that um, 
I find often when I go to bed at night, my head won't stop. Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> you know that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to get up and get back on the computer and and keep digging. <laughs> and take notes and notes. Uh, you know, it's really funny. I, my husband, my late husband Patrick Cook had a photographic memory. Did he? And and I hated him for it. To oh, be honest with you, I understand. Um, <laughs> and and but I am finding that when you dig into something that's fascinating for you, that that what is most appropriate stays with you. So mm. that the element of taking notes is is not something I actually do. I just figure whatever resonates at the right place at the right time is going to come come out of it'll come out of my mouth appropriately and every now and then um i i somebody will talk about a biblical question or something like that and i will spout the answer and and i know i have to be channeling patrick because i don't have the biblical background that he did wow so you have the appropriate information at the appropriate time yeah. Oh, that's fabulous. Uh, I guess the information, too, would resonate with you so that it makes sense, so that you remember some of it anyway, except what comes from Patrick, I would imagine. Yeah, somebody um, asked me about that because, you know, when I do the interview shows for my radio, uh, for, when I do the interviews, I read the books. I read all the books of the pe- that the people have, you know, written so do I. before I actually do the interviews. Mm-hmm. And... Um, a friend of mine said, how do you store all of that? Because it just keeps coming back and, you know, and, and I have no idea. Our brains are huge computers. There's plenty of room there. It's almost like you have an, you know, an unlimited amount of storage space there so you can cram in as much as you want. But you must take show notes, don't you, before you go on no. after you've read that you really don't? I'd be totally lost. Um, no, when I do a show, I... Um, I asked the person to to give me, you know, what 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 is most important for them to get over. Uh-huh. But I don't I don't script any of my shows at all, and I just let spirit take us where we're supposed to go. And quite often we go in weird and wonderful places. But uh, well, I got to say, you're better than I am. <laughs> <laughs> That's really a talent. Well, uh, Patrick used to say that I I, I had um, I was a master at improv. And well, there you go. Maybe you are. that's the case. I don't know. I, I just know that there's always something to say, and there's always um, a way to lead somebody into material that is really important for them to get across. Even though, you know, they have it, they'll give me questions to ask, and I always ignore them. But it makes them feel good to give questions. You know, figuring yeah. you know, I'll hit something that they can talk about, but. I always manage to find uh, really interesting tidbits to of the pull out of them that they didn't know were there. Well, you know, you have an incredible website. You had talked about, you know, re- revising it and so forth, and I've, I've spent hours on it so far. There's just so many categories that are really, really interesting, and I think everybody should know that it's com, and she's got mm-hmm. spiritual stuff on there. She's got an extensive UFO list. She's got different aspects of our spiritual world. Um, you do remote viewing on various locations of ancient mystery, which I find that fascinating. And then, of course, you've got the secrets of the stones, which we wanted to talk about tonight. But uh-huh. there's such a variety on your website, Barbara. Very, very interesting stuff. Well, you know, it's 
it's kind of I, I talk to people about the importance of journaling, the importance of writing things down to let the universe know you got the information, you got the the aha moment or whatever it was and mm-hmm. somebody said to me, And where's your journal? And I said, Have you seen my website? <laughs> um <laughs> Well, it's very well done and very extensive. So, but I did want to kind of focus on the stones tonight. If there's something else you you want to bring up, please feel free. But um, I thought maybe we could start off with how you got involved with what Patrick Cook was working on, and then how your relationship developed, and then your quest for the stones, the information on the stones. Oh, sure. Um, well, when I was in college, a UFO landed on my campus. Oh, And I saw that, and that was really the beginning of my journey towards the unknown on all different levels and all different areas. And um, I had uh, I'd been doing the radio show for a number of years, and I met somebody that had written a book um, about about authenticated UFO sightings in the U.S. And um, I had him on the show, and I was interviewing him because. You know, finally there was proof. Finally I could prove to people that I had not been drinking that night, (laughs) (laughs) that it really was a UFO sighting. And and so, uh, you know, we had a lovely time talking about the different um, UFO things, you know, the the Battle of Los Angeles and and 47, Mm -hmm. um, the Roswell, and, and, you know, even coming forward from that. And... Um, and of course, all of the sightings that are in the uh, Hudson Valley Basin, of which I'm very close oh, to. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so, um, while I'm talking to the author in the chat room, um, this man was saying, "Oh, I'm an expert in the field, and you know, I've written books, and and I can add to your interview, and and you know, and and uh, after my guest had to go, I I pulled." Patrick on, and we talked more about UFOs and UFOs in the Bible and philosophy and all sorts of things. And you know, it, it's 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 rare for somebody to have an actual recording of meeting the person that you eventually marry. Um, but I have the show, and so Patrick and I started talking back and forth, and and uh, the show was in uh, November and. Uh, and he was in Berkeley, California, and I was here in Connecticut. And uh, he sent me at one point a um, a video uh, from U- a YouTube video f- that uh, Phil Ambrogno had put up about the chambers. And um, he said, "You know, do you know anything about them?" And I said, "Know anything? I live in the middle of them." <laughs> and uh, the more we talked, the more we decided that we had something special. And we had decided that we were going to get together, but but we weren't quite sure how, when, or where. And finally, he said, "You know, well, why don't I just move in?" And I said, "Fine." Oh. <laughs> now that's you know, and that's exactly how it happened. So, wow. in the following June, I got on a plane. I flew to San Francisco. Patrick met me at the airport with his van. Everything he owned packed in it, including his three cats. And our very first date was driving 3,000 miles across the country. You are kidding me. Talk about spontaneous. That was quite a leap. Yeah, and if anybody told me they were going to do that, I would would tell them they needed a shrink. Right, advise them against it. (laughs) But but 
but it was it was the most natural thing in the world. And you know, if a three thousand mile first date doesn't kill you, nothing will. True, and that's um, true. <laughs> the miles sped by, and we talked the whole the whole way, and the cats behaved, and and he <laughs> moved in, and uh, we started searching out the um, the chambers, and we 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 were randomly doing it. We knew where they were basically um, situated. And we happened to run across, and, and all of this time, of course, he was do, his radio show was called Matrix Radio. I was still doing Nightlight Radio. Mm-hmm. So we were putting out what we were looking for and what we were looking into on the radio. And people you gave know, you he, advice? He did, he did two shows a week. I did two shows a week. And um, Martin Breck got a hold of us, and he had done extensive research, and we met with him. And he gave his research to Patrick. Wow. So at that point, we had the GPSs and the locations of about 200 to 300 chambers that were all throughout New England, mostly in, in the Carmel area, but, but certainly scattered um, and in, the Carmel, in, New, in New York area, but, but all over New England as well. And that's how... Um, and, and so we st- we went in, we started visiting all of them, and I think I've probably been in over a hundred of them, possibly more. Oh, that's uh, wonderful! Originally, there were eight hundred chambers here. Now that now it's down to about two hundred. Wow! And they are being destroyed as as roads are widened, as people need patio stones, as. You know they're used. They're used to store garbage in. They are not, mm-hmm. and, and some of them are on, um, you know, in national forest lands. So they are preserved. But you they're know, just decimating got, um, history. Yeah, we've got uh, Gunji Womp, which is you know phenomenal. But we've also got American Stonehenge, and you've been there. Yeah. Um, and so uh, we 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 just made it and the more we saw the more upset we got that they weren't being recognized they weren't being documented they weren't being preserved it's very disheartening i hate seeing any walls destroyed let alone the rest of the stuff it just on that level it really bothers me they build new houses they destroy those walls like it's nothing well i think what got us was that they would they, 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 Sturbridge Village is here, and that takes you back to the, oh, 16, 1700s, and they're preserving log cabins and all sorts of things like that. And, and yet these stone chambers are older than that, and they're being ignored. Yep. And we, um, we put together um, a documentary called Secrets of the Stones. It's wonderfully and done, by I the way. I wrote it and narrated it. Patrick mm-hmm. learned how to make a, make a movie. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, um, we were contacted by Megalithomania, and they asked us if we would present it at their 2011 conference. And, you know, we said, sure. Oh, that's <laughs> and, wonderful. And so we presented it there, and it was, you know, and I introduced it, and I said, you know, this is, this is rough, you know, but, but, you know, be kind. <laughs> and, and when the lights went back on, everybody was crying. Wow. Barbara, I've got to ask you some specifics. Um, number one, the stones. 
the stone chambers, do you find that a lot of them are felt are, are discovered um, all alone, or are the chambers um, seemingly part of a much larger structure, like something similar to Stonehenge? No, all of them are isolate. Isolated. I mean, okay. some of them are, are close to each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, in a day, you could probably hit 10 or 15 easily. Okay, then but, you've come come across balance stones or even like dolmen, lone standing stones. Some How? of them, some of the, Gunchiwamp has, um, has stone circles and has standing stones. Mm-hmm. Um, there are uh, a lot of dolmens in, in, in many places. There are, um, you know, they... they they are random, though, and they are, they are random, either that's... At, the, at the side of the road or, or they are, you know, you follow a stone wall, and, and before you know what's happening, there is this stone chamber in the middle of the woods. What do you think the correlation is between, like, the standing stones, the lone standing stones, the walls, the chambers, even the stone circles like you see at Gunjiwamp? Um, well, at Gunjiwamp, you have a lot of the different chambers. You have mm-hmm. a lot of different things there. Um, and at, at American Stonehenge, you know, that's another place where there's there's a lot of of um, a lot of different structures all all together. Those are the only two places that I have seen um, the collection, so to speak. Now, almost every stone chamber we've seen has been connected to a stone wall. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. But um, and and the walls the walls meander through the forest. The walls, <laughs> I mean, we never got any place on time. We were always <laughs> another finding another stone wall to follow and and to try to see if there was a chamber connected to it somehow. Um, they almost always had a stone wall or a part or whatever was left of one with them. You can't carbon date stone, so it's hard to tell. You know how old they are, except um, the the only thing that, that 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 gets to us that got to us was that there have never been any artifacts found, um, you know, near to or within any of them. Well, um, I did hear about one of them in Upper State, New York, and I don't know exactly where it was, but um, an obsidian knife was found wedged um, way in behind the stones on the inside. Um, <laughs> that That is a questionable discovery. Oh, mm. really? Okay. Um, there is... Uh, it, it's Something fraudulent about the information? Yes. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, then let me ask you, you've been inside the chambers then. Did yes. you experience, other than ticks, did you experience anything like spiritual, a time anomaly, or some kind of, um, I don't know, glitch in time? Um, well, a lot of them, have you ever been inside a um, a crop circle? I haven't yet. I'd love to. Okay. Well... Well, <laughs> it, it's very similar to that. Is it? Um, it, it? It has, being inside these chambers, it feels, um, are you familiar with the, the old um, TV show, Get Smart? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, you know how the door <laughs> came down so that they could talk privately? Mm. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's what the chambers feel like. It feels like suddenly um, you are 
um, surrounded and protected. You don't you don't hear the noise of the cars as they go by outside. If you're if you're right next to a street, I've heard that there is a sense of peace and tranquility in them that is really profound. Uh, they uh, the chambers aren't huge, but um, I have I found that there were. Well, first of all, they're they're dry construction, so that there mm-hmm. is no mortar or anything like that, mm-hmm. and they are all corbelled construction. So that, and the last time corbelled construction was used um, was three thousand years ago by the Phoenicians. Mm-hmm. Is some so in Ireland too? Corbelled construction, unless it's with dominoes these days. Okay. So um, the the construction is is fascinating. The rocks are. The chambers are uh, watertight. Oh, are they? they? Yeah, they don't drip water. They are absolutely, um, I, I, we're not sure really how they did it, but um, you, in, in, a good, in a good pouring down rain, you can step into them, and they are bone dry. I'll be darned. Well, the, most of them have sod or soil of some kind on top of them, including grass or maybe even dried leaves. So I guess it offers um, some protection. No, they weren't. They weren't finished off that way. Um, the chamber was was built as a an above ground chamber. Time has buried it, mm. so that often there are trees growing out of the tops of them. Yes, I know. I've seen that. Um, but but for the most part, the, the chambers were originally above ground. Okay, so do you get the sense that you are like in a vacuum almost because there is no sound, there is no noise, kind of like the Oz factor that they talk about where you feel like you're sort of in a, a time capsule or just outside um, of time? Well, it you do feel isolated. Okay. Um, and, and I think, you know, I, I checked, you know, watches and electronics. Um, they, they did tend to drain batteries fast oh. if you were in them for very long. Uh, the the um, it, it's you you get the feeling that that there I'm a, I, I'm you know a psychic medium on top of everything else so I was looking for residue spirits or any kind of a feeling of you know this was a ritual chamber or this was a burial chamber and and you can sense those things even inside of great antiquity but. I never felt anything like that in any of these chambers. So what do you suppose, we'll get into who we think built them, but what do you suppose the purpose of the stone chambers themselves are? Do you think they're ritualistic? Well, um, I I don't think so. Okay. Um, The more more we tried to figure out what they were, they were obviously not um, used for storing food, and they were not Mm -hmm. used as dwellings because... There, well, first of all, storage of food, there was no cross-ventilation, and they had no doors. Mm-hmm. And um, as far as there, there was, you could not see any place where shelves had been built in them or that the logs had been, you know, shoved in so you could hang things on them. You couldn't have a fire in them because there was no ventilation. Mm-hmm. There was just the door. Um, so uh, my feeling over time has gotten to the point where... To me, they feel like portals. Okay. That makes mm. sense. Portals. Um, and, and it would be easy to go dimension to dimension and come out of a, 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 of a, of a, 
of a chamber like that. Now, the, the chambers that are over in Europe that are similar, they call them passage tombs. Oh, do they? And, and um, they, in Europe, think that they were tombs. And, of course, you've got Newgrange, and you've got a lot of places where they definitely have found bones in. They have found no bones in any of the chambers that I have been in or that I know about. In the United States? None. Absolutely none. The, 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 the one strangely unique thing is, and some of them are oriented towards the sunrise and stuff like that, not mm-hmm. all of them, but in, in some, there is a magnetic anomaly in the, in the entrance to the, to the chamber. Oh, okay. Do you think it the word... anybody dig down to find what it is. Hmm. Do you think the word tomb is a misnomer, or do you think it's like a passageway from one beginning to another beginning, from ending and then beginning, as in one dimension to another? That's that's what my guess would be, um, at least the ones that I have been in. I, I haven't been in any of them in Europe. Some of them in Europe, um, they some of the big ones, they, they said that they have found bones in, and in those cases, quite clearly, they somebody was buried there. But, but none of the um, chambers here in New England have um, were sealed. Yeah, there, there were, yeah. There were no open. rocks that, that sealed them up. They were not closed. Um, as far as I know, they have always had just the one opening, and that was it, and the opening was never covered. Hmm. Okay, before we leave stone chambers then, how about on the interior? Did you find, uh, either with frequency or all the time, whether or not there was some kind of a white quartz stone in there, built into the wall somewhere? Nothing. Really? Nothing. Hmm. Um, Every now and then there would be a ledge in the back, but that was usually because it was built up against a stone ledge. Okay. Um there 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 is not in any of the that I have been in did I see any any way that there was they were not meant to be lived in no no they that i realized but i thought maybe there might be a connection with electromagnetism and the quartz being some sort of um um repeater or not a catalyst but an you know, amplifier there we go could be that it, that was it, my it, thought it, well, and a lot of them are built. You know, we got a lot of granite here. Yeah, and there's there's quartz in the in the granite as well. Um, I I thought for a while that they might be used for communication too. Truly, that's another good idea. Um, because because of the quartz in the granite, mm-hmm. um, someone who is sitting in one could, you know, if you had the talent or the gift, could could possibly um, transmit a message to someone else in another chamber. But, sure. But they are so, you know, on, my, on my website, on Secrets of the Stones, I have a map of where all these chambers are. That is such a wonderful thing. You know, Willie and I have been using that. Thank you for doing that. That is so helpful. It was, uh, it was fun. I learned how to use a lot of things I never, <laughs> I never knew how to use. But oh, it's so helpful. The, the G, in, and the GPSs are fairly accurate. A number of people have, you know, really been able to find the chambers from. Good. It. Um, so, so it's it's they are so s- scattered that that you know you 
you can't imagine they would want to communicate when they could yell across the street in some cases. Yeah. So, so if it is communication, in my mind, it had to be a higher consciousness type of communication. Mm-hmm. And you say the electromagnetic um, field would be at the entryway, so it says something to me that that enhanced communication somehow on another level, another dimension perhaps. Easily could have. Yes. You know what, Barbara, we are at the bottom of the hour, and when we come back we'll wrap up the stone chambers or how they correlate to some of the other features like the carns or the standing stones. Sometimes there are wells, and definitely to discuss some of the stone walls. So we're speaking with Barbara DeLong, and we'll be back in just a couple of minutes, so please don't go away. Supernatural Magazine, one of the UK's top paranormal magazines, provides support to Spirit Radio, the paranormal experience. It is the magazine's goal to bring every aspect of supernatural news and research from around the world under one roof to create a universal platform for all those interested in the supernatural. More information is available at supernaturalmagazine.com. And you are listening to Spirit Radio, the Paranormal Experience on the Paranormal UK Radio Network. To Spirit Radio, the Paranormal Experience, and tonight we are talking to Barbara DeLong uh, about stone chambers, stone, stone structures, walls, stone structures, all kinds of cool stone stuff. So, so welcome uh, back again, well, Barbara. Welcome back, Barbara. <laughs> so we were, thank you. We were talking about stone chambers and their their the possibility of using them for communication, and what I wanted to bring up or at least ask you, have you noticed that their close proximity to sources of water? Um, no. <laughs> well, a lot of them seem to be not far from a river, from a swamp, from a brook, from a pond. I've kind uh, of the, noticed the, that. The, the ones that, that, that I've visited, um, <clears throat> and even at Gunshiwamp, the, um, and even, even American Stonehenge, um, they they really weren't that close to water. Well, except which, that there's some of have wells, but it seems like they're like within a mile of some water source. Um, 
and maybe some underground water source. That could be. That yeah. could be. I, you know, we didn't notice that. Okay. The, the thing that, um, that, that, that I was working on um, were, were the fact that I think that, that they might have been some form of a, an initiative hmm. process in, in raising of consciousness. Ah, I I think you're onto something there. That makes a lot of sense to me. Then why would they be located or found in close proximity to the stone walls? Why do you well, think? Well, I think at some point in time, and, and you can't prove it now, but I I think from what I could tell that the the stone walls really were a network of connectivity to a lot of these. Kind of like a vein system in a body? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and we're talking large stone walls, too, here. We're, we're not talking little ones. We're talking substantial walls. I know at, at Gunjiwamp, some, some of the walls are 10 and 15 feet high, and they're, and they're 3 and 4 feet deep. Wow. They're huge walls. And the purpose? Why do you suppose? Beats me. I have no idea what they were trying to keep in or out. Um, (laughs) Obviously not to keep the uh, cows from wandering. No, don't think so. No, No, and and the ones, you know, that that we found that that were very close to where we live, um, the stone walls were complete. And in other words, there were no gates. Hmm. So unless you were lifting the cows one by one over Hmm. the stone wall, um, it made no sense. Not only that, the stone walls have to be many hundreds of years old, and and the the ground has been built up, you know, between them. So so these walls, while they may look three or four feet tall now, quite possibly were as much as ten feet tall. Oh. So you just. And 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 around where I live, you can't spit and not hit a stone wall. Uh, did I get that right in the introduction? Five hundred thousand miles of stone walls in New England. At least, at least, and that was from an eighteen seventy nine archaeological study. So, um, by the government, by the Department of Agriculture. That's that's mind boggling. It really is. So it sort of indicates that it wasn't the colonists who built that network of stone walls, number one. Number two, I think they might have built some of them because there were stone walls that sort of created roads where they would be built about 40 feet apart, and that's where the colonists built the roads. But I don't think the colonists built everything. I mean, they had stone wall foundations that were dry construction. But there's just so many more walls that I ever realized. I just don't well, pa- think Patrick. Patrick tried to compute um, just how long it would take um, to build a wall of a, a mile long or whatever, and he understanding that they only had six days a week they could work and they only had a certain number of days during the season that they could work i mean they were having they would have to be laying you know so much stone that there was there there would be no time to plant crops to to hunt mm. to do anything i mean it 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 
it's impossible for the colonists to have done it. Many, many have said that they were just clearing their fields, but the fields that some of most of these walls um, surround are full of rocks. So they either did a lousy job, or they're growing rocks, or or there was some other purpose to them. Well, I will say that we um, had a farm is when we were growing up, I mean, a garden. And every year we would pitchfork the soil and till it. And as you loosen the top surface, the the bottom, the, the deeper soil, the subsoil, starts loosening up and it does force other stones up. Summer after summer, I would find boulders that weren't there the year before. But that only accounts for a few stones. You, we're talking masses of walls, and we're talking stone piles and stone carns, uh-huh. which is something else. Do you have any idea what these stone carns, the purpose of them, are? Um, I just have my opinion. I can't have no, you know, nothing to base it on. But to me, they were markers of some sort, hmm. um, directional markers. Now, some of them were like piles of stones, but some of them were like wide and thick and sort of hollowed out in the center, almost like a boat. Um, those I haven't seen. The the, uh, the piles, though, um, to me, unfortunately, you know, we didn't, LIDAR wasn't around when the, when the walls really were more intact mm-hmm. so that you could actually, you know, go across an area and, and just see what the, how the walls were connected with the chambers that, you know, there's there's been too much destruction of material to be able yeah, to... Um, in a lot of cases. Yeah. Well, then what about the standing stones, Barbara? Some of the, there were some standing stones in the walls, and then you've got the isolated lone standing stones or dolmens. What do you think those were used for? What, what do you think the purpose was? Again, I think they were markers, and I okay. think they were quite possibly not left by the same culture that did... The, uh, the stone chambers. Oh, okay. I think you've got thousands of years here, um, and and there 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 probably was a culture that built the stone chambers, and another culture that used the standing stones because um, you know they're very different. Mm-hmm. Um, they are the, the the stone chambers and the stone walls um, are. There's an artistry to them. The standing stones, not so much. And the balance stones, they're phenomenal. They are amazing. And what do you think the purpose, your personal opinion, the purpose was of those? Why why do that? (laughs) (laughs) Just to see if you can. See, it's a lot of work. You know, it's kind of like because they could. Um, I've seen a couple of them, especially in the New Hampshire area, where um, they were as big as locomotives. Wow. They are massive, they massive stones. very, very small tip. And the one that was in the state park that we, you know, when we were doing the, the video and everything, and I said to him, you know, we're talking about balanced rocks and we've never actually seen one. And he said, well, you know, what do you want to do? I said, I want to see one. Yeah. And so <laughs> we got in the car and we went and found one. And the one that we found in, in the... Um, it was a national park in New, New Hampshire, I believe. Um, it was standing, it was balanced on its tip, and it looked, it was huge. It, it weighed more than a locomotive, and, oh. and you know, Patrick said, don't get too close, and, I, and I, I went up to it, 
and I and I had a metal detector in my phone. I thought maybe a steel rod or two was there, and there was there was nothing inside the the stone that that you know would have, you know, no gorilla glue or anything. Yeah. And I tried to push it over, and um, brave woman. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know. It, it, it's been there for hundreds of years. If I could push it over, then then it wasn't done, you know, as well as one would have thought. <laughs> um, it was as as firm as if it was all made out of the same rock. And and even so, we've had earthquakes, we've had storms, we've right. had forest fires, we've had all sorts of things, and these these balanced stones um, haven't been moved. Well, I've got an opinion on that. Um, okay. I think there's a book out called Initiation by Elizabeth Hike. It's H-A-I-C-H. And it's a story about a woman who um, no longer had her marital relationship after seven years, and she started having dreams, and she dreamt that she had been an Egyptian priestess. And she talks about the humming and the chanting the vibration that they created by the different workers that levitated the stones. It changed the molecular structure of them so that they they decreased the weight and they were able to lift them and move them with ease. Um, Maria uh, Wheatley, who's a master dowser in, in England, um, has, has something, the standing stones in Avery are emitting a signal and energetic. And if you look at, at um, Machu Picchu and if you look at in Teotihuacan and, um, and in many other, other areas, the stones that have been cut and, and are laid together are so, so finely, th- there is a fusing of the rock. And I think with the balanced stones, that's what's happened. In some way, shape, or form, they have, they have you know, maybe these were experimentations, I don't know. But but it's almost as though the stones are fused. Well, that's an interesting point. The other one I was going to say is, the, especially the standing stones, maybe the balanced stones as well, especially the very large ones, I would think that they could be used as antennas. Oh, in, in Avery, um, she in England, she found that the standing stones actually had seven different frequencies that oh were emitting my. from them, two below the ground and five above. And the the ones, the uh, chakras, the oh. levels below the ground were communicating with the stones that were in that circle. The, um, the layers above were actually communicating with other stone circles and other stone structures in other parts of England. Oh, how, how was that determined? They have a, they had a, um, well, first of all, she's a dowser, and she determined it by dowsing, and then they oh. brought in a, a man who had an electronic um, machine that was able to sense the frequency at different levels on the stones, and he was able to absolutely um, duplicate the chart she had made with his machine, that the, the, the different frequencies were being sent out by the different levels of the stones. Was that due to composition of the stone or just the height between frequencies? Um, well, the stones are really big. Um, but how, how was the frequency determined? Was it by composition 
or simply distance between the frequencies somehow? Distance between the frequencies. How odd. That is just amazing information. What was her first name, Wheatley? Um, it's Maria Wheatley. I can, send, I can give you her, um, I'll, I'll send you uh, her, her contact information and everything. Oh, yeah, I'd love to read whatever she wrote. That is absolutely fascinating. I think that's a key, Barbara. I think that's one of the keys. Yeah, her father is uh, was um, a master dowser in England, and he's written the the best book ever on dowsing. Oh, I think that's worth looking into. Well, both of their books are on... On my website, on the I Recommend section in the book section. They're Good. there, and, and the place you can get the books are connected Thank you. Because the... I really think that will help demystify the purpose of these stones. Maybe not all of them, but I think it'll bring us closer to answers. Don't you? Well, oh, absolutely. And, you know, she's fascinating because she discovered at Stonehenge there were hinges that were long hinges, and she discovered that... Um, that there were um, the the bodies in them had elongated skulls. Wait a minute. Where were the bodies? In the hinges. Do you mean inside the stones or buried within the circle of the hinges? With no, within the the hinges. The hinges were the the the, the, the circles that was piled up around around these different areas and in in. In a couple of the long hinges, she in one she found someone who was obviously a queen, and then in another hinge there were they she found they found I can't remember how many twenty thirty forty um, bodies that had the elongated skulls and all of them had been murdered. And this is in England. Yeah, oh, at, my. at Stonehenge. Oh, that's fascinating! Oh, I can't wait to read about that. Gee whiz. Well, then you say elongated skulls, so that brings me to my next question. Which cultures do you think are responsible for these structures? Let's let's do England. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, I, well, England, apparently, their, their, Stonehenge was developed in at least four different phases. Okay. So it wasn't all done at one time. Um, and, and so the period in which the elongated skulls were, I forget, was in the second or the third phase of the development of Stonehenge. Um, as far as the chambers in this country, mm-hmm. I, I really feel that, that, that there was a culture, a people that, that we haven't actually discovered yet. And, you know, when, when some of these, they talk about some of these chambers being, um, you know, aimed towards the, the rising sun or the setting sun. Mm-hmm. I think that was, I don't think that was intentional. I don't think that was w- what they were used to. I mean, it just happened that way. I do not believe that they were meant to be a ritual for solstices at all. Okay. Maybe the direction had something to do with the sun and solar emissions, though. Maybe well, that it, might have it been might it. have had something to do with just light. Yeah, yeah. Then, since the stone chambers are small, do you suppose it was a small race? No, I mean you can stand. I could stand up. Well, I'm short. Um, <laughs> Patrick could stand. Patrick could stand upright in, in in a lot of them. They uh, they they were like from 
oh, I don't know, eight feet by ten feet, and then probably about six feet tall, a lot of them. Okay, so they were probably made to go in and to sit down and sit with, you know, with your knees akimbo or whatever. And it could, yeah, it, yeah. I, I don't know, but I, I do feel that whatever culture built these, um, they they probably, because there is there are no pic- pictures, there are no, there's no way to link them to yeah. any particular culture. The, the Native Americans here <clears throat> said that they didn't do them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and Indians, Indians never make walls to, you know, I know. They, no they, boundaries. Share the, they share the land. They don't, That's you know, right. no cut boundaries. it up. And so it had to be before them, and the the Indians came in about fifteen thousand years ago. So it, it probably was a culture that predated that. But but if you look at North America, and you you realize that that in Michigan and Minnesota the copper mines have been in um, in in service. They've been mined for the last nine thousand years. Yeah. Um, this country has so much that that we don't. We don't know, uh, about. Know, know about, and there's so much that's been going on here. I mean, we have pyramids here. We have. I know. Around. We have. <laughs> we have so much stuff here in this country that we, you know, people say antiquity, and you look to Greek, Egypt, Roman, and Egypt, yeah, and and we have stuff here in this country that's older. You really think it's older? Absolutely older. Wow. Why would? Why would stop and think a second? I mean, you've got Egypt and you've got Africa and you've got South America and you've got Great Britain, all of whom have cultures that go back thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Why would they leave one great big blob part of land with nothing in it? That doesn't really, sense. yeah, unless it was submerged. But it no, seems it like wasn't submerged. no, it doesn't <laughs> seem that way. Um, there apparently there's um, a submerged pyramid in what Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And any information on that, Barbara? Um, no. Uh, I, I I've heard about it. I know there mm. there are pyramids underwater down in the Bahamas too. Yeah, I, I've heard of that. What about oh. on, on your chart in Newburyport? There's supposed to be something in the Merrimack River. What what was that? artifact it's on your map and it's either okay. a, a standing stone or a chamber but it's underwater evidently um i obviously didn't visit there <laughs> <laughs> oh you didn't visit there um let me see if i've got the number no scuba I... was nothing we we had you know gone into we, we kept to the dry land um yeah, I just meant you've got a stone chamber posted in the middle of the Merrimack River in Newburyport, but I failed to write down the number on your map. Oh, so, wow. Was it, was no, it I, under- I don't think that we actually um, checked that one out, but, um, okay. you well, know, they're all over the place. They're, they're, they're underwater in the Hudson. Oh, that's right, the mm. stone walls, you said. Yeah. And they run parallel to the, the flow of the river, right? Yes. That's really strange. And how long ago was that on dry land where the stone walls are? It could be millions of years. Oh, that's just mind-boggling. Yeah. (laughs) 
So what do you think came first then? The walls, the chambers? Or what do you think the progression was? Um, I think my feeling is that, that the, the walls and, and the chambers probably were pretty close together. Uh, standing stones probably earlier than that. Oh. Um, so, you know, it, it, when you have civilizations rising and falling, you know, after three or 4,000 years, you know, it, it's, it's amazing that they still are here. And I think what upset us so much was that they're still here and they're not being protected. Yeah, I, it's devastating when they're destroyed. I think it's terrible. Do you think, without giving any names to these cultures, do you think that they could have been extraterrestrial then? Origin, of extraterrestrial origin. I would hope extraterrestrials would have, you know, would be more like with Puma Punka with these, you know, the... the the really cool carving and everything. Um, I would... Maybe it was a later culture. <laughs> <laughs> or earlier. I, to me, it's... it's um, I would say it was... I would probably... I'm not so sure I'm, I'm in, in the... Uh, I go for interdimensional stuff more than, you know, extraterrestrials and Pleiades and stuff like that. I go for interdimensional things. Okay. So I could see them being gateways for other dimensions. I could see that. Well, if that were the case, it might just not be mind travel. It might be a, a physical transportation, or maybe they, it was just light beings. I don't know. Could be. You know? Could be. I, I just, uh, you, you know, I just, um, you know, you go to the Billy Meyer stuff, and you go to, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's, it's, there's so many different um, theories out there. But, you know, a theory is just a theory. And um, in, to my mind, the corbel construction takes you way back in time, but Antonisha mm-hmm. is only 3,000 years. I think it, they go way back before then. I think so, and too. And I bet they were here um you know it, it it could have even you know they could have even there there have been five mass destruction events that's in, right in the history of the world yeah it could it could go it could be from another time of this world too you know according to Zachariah Sitchin the Anunnaki landed here about 450,000 years ago and then they started the human hybridization programs about 250,000 years ago so there were people here you know oh, i'm not yeah. sure who they all were but <laughs> <laughs> well it it I'm I'm sure that this planet, because of its its environment and its atmosphere and everything, I I am sure that travelers have been here on and off for billions of years. Billions, huh? Wow. I know that uh, I've read some stuff, and I can't cite the source on this one, but that this planet at one point early on had been, it's a jewel, and everyone in the universe wanted to come and vacation here, so they would take a break and they would come and stay on planet Earth for a little while. I know that sounds outlandish, but that was according to uh, one of the books I was reading, that we've well, been visited. Then, then the Nazca lines are, are is graffiti. Are, are what graffiti? Space. Space graffiti? You know, interterrestrial graffiti. Oh. You know, Luke was here. 
So without a purpose then or without direction? You don't think it had something to do with directions? <laughs> no. No? No idea. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there are, you know, long straight lines as if they're almost landing patterns. Well, yeah, and under the under the um, the, the ones that really look like, like runways and stuff like that, mm-hmm. th- um, there is um, a magnetic strip of some sort running. Now that I hadn't heard. Yeah. <sighs> That just defies logic. Then what about the pictures? So you think the picture part of the Nazca Lines is graffiti? Well, it had to be, they had to be done by by someone who could see them from the air. Oh, Otherwise, yeah. There was no purpose. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm not sure. I, you know, the earth could be one heck of a, bill, uh, of a big billboard. Um, well, the next time I, you go up in a UFO, you know, you should ask them. <laughs> <laughs> don't you think <laughs> well you know every now and then you know people try to think of the most profound answers possible but sometimes it's a stupid answer a simple one will do <laughs> a simple answer oh my there's a lot to think about um anything else in particular you want to briefly bring up barbara um <laughs> we haven't got much oh, time left, but oh, geez. Um, we uh, yeah, we only got about a minute left, so yeah. So we'll, we'll just have to have you on another program, I'm afraid. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good. That sounds good. Um, so, um, anything you'd like to bring up? Any? We've got some radio shows coming up, or any lectures, or anything like that. Um, well, if, if people just check my website, there's a calendar there with all the all of the interviews and all of the nightlight shows and stuff like that, and that's uh, www.barbaragelong.com. And also, too, you've got posted um, the Secret of the Stones on your site, and that, I must tell everybody, is really worth sitting and watching and listening to. Very interesting. It might be uh, supplemental information to what we discussed tonight very interesting. Well, Barbara, thank you so much. We'll just have to have you back on again. My pleasure. Okay. Thank you so much. Have a good evening. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much for joining us, Barbara. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Have a good night. Okay. So, Spirit Radio, the Paranormal Experience. And I guess that's it for this week. We'll be back next week, though. Okay, and everyone... And oh. I was just going to say, next week, uh, Willie Miranda. From, that's right, uh, that's right. The Paradigm Matrix on KCOR Radio will be joining us. Yep, and he comes from Lemonster, where there's a lot Lemonster. of Bigfoot and stuff, some strange cryptid reports. So, um, well, time is up, and thank you so much for listening, and you all have a good night. In this one of many possible worlds All for the best or something's on test It is what it is And whatever Time is still the infinite jest The arrow flies when you dream The hours tick away The cells tick away the watchmaker keeps to his ears. The hours tick away, they tick away. The measure of a life 